Hi guys and welcome back to the Perfect Hattrick Podcast. I'm your co-host Arvindas. Today we have a little bit of a switch. I'll be presenting the podcast today and we have two very special people on here. Taron, I'll first go to you. How are you doing today, mate? Yeah, very excited. It feels a bit different to be on the other side of the kind of hosting side. So yeah, I'm excited to, to get into you. Yeah. yeah, that's always good to hear, mate. And, you know, we've this this person, he's been here from the start. He came on our first podcast of The Perfect Hat-Trick. So, Marius, how are you doing today? Yeah, thank you for the invitation. I'm doing fine. It's a nice weather here in Germany today. So, um, yeah, looking forward to the podcast and the last last few weeks on the, of the season yeah man to, to, well the season's gone quick and you know there's a lot of decisions that have been made quickly quicker than i expected to be honest but yeah uh let's get straight into it so today we'll be discussing uh julian nagelsman to buy his imminent transfer to buy next season um it's been confirmed now you know Bayern have released a statement just this morning at the time of recording so yeah so Maris, I'll come to you first. And before I head to the Bayern perspective first, I just want to get your thoughts on first, you know, how he's done at Leipzig in the last two seasons. Obviously, you know, he's made Leipzig a top four permanent team. You know, he's brought in great talents like Olmo and Kunku, Angelino, Upamakano. You know, he's going to Bayern as well. So yeah, I'd just like to get your thoughts on how he's done at Leipzig so far. Yeah, well, first of all, I'm I'm a big Nagelsmann fan um, because um, yeah, I think it was yeah it was for me a fixed thing that he will end up at Bayern Munich. I think I tweeted it some some month ago that I'm sure that he will be Bayern Munich's tra- uh, coach for the for the next five years. I thought it would be in let's say 2022 or 2023, so not that early. I expected, but um, yeah, there we are now and. Um, yeah, I think it's just uh, the logical consequence because, like you said, he he did well at, at Leipzig, he did well at Hoffenheim before, and he really um, yeah developed a lot when you when you watched his interviews. He looks like um, yeah he's really well educated. He knows exactly what he's saying off the pitch, um, so he's not he's not your typical. Um, new generation laptop coach who might struggle a bit when it comes to to social um, empathy so um, yeah Nagelsmann he I think he used to to say that um, a successful football coach is only 30% tactics but it's 70% um, yeah social social skills Um, and I think he got a lot of them and he showed it at Leipzig. I mean, um, they have a lot of pressure there um, with the money they have and uh, the expectations um, they raised with with Red Bull as their sponsorship. I think um, everyone expected them to to um, to get into the top three or top two. Um, and yeah, even though they did not really um, win it in the end, I mean, it's not decided yet. But I think um, yeah, it would be crazy if Bayern Munich won't win the league this season. Um, yeah. He brought in some some good talents. Um, he developed the squad um, even after Timo Werner was gone, which was obviously a big loss for them. Uh, maybe a deciding loss because I think if they still uh, kept Werner, they they would have been in the first place this season. I'm sure because um, yeah, in the in the games I saw them play, they they really struggled to find the goal. They played well. They created some chances even in the game against Bayern Munich, which for me was a bit of a decider. Because um, yeah, in Germany we, we used to say it was a, a six punkte spiel, so a six-point game. Mm. Um, obviously, it, it, it's just a synonym for the deciding game. 
Um, yeah, and with a clinical striker, um, I think they had better chances. But of course, um, yeah, he's really, really flexible. And um, without without a world class striker, I mean, they have Paulsen, they have Sirlot, but for me, there are no no real poachers, um, no no world class poachers. But he still managed to find um, yeah to find ways to score goals. I think their leading goal scorer for for most of the season was Angelino, um, who is their left back or left wing back. So that tells you all. Um, but of course, you need to be a really good coach to to score that many goals and to to create that many chances without really a great striker. So um, yeah, really credits to him for that. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I I didn't expect him to move so early to Bayern. Obviously, you know, he said before I, I mentioned a um, Hoffenheim press conference about four years ago. He said, you know, it'd be an honor to. Um, be a coach of Bayern and obviously you know it's been sooner than I expected obviously I expected Hansi to stay for you know longer than he should have but regardless of that yeah no he's done really well at Leipzig you know regardless of not winning a trophy or anything you know making that team from you know where it was the foundations that were already built there by uh, Ralf Ranić to now you know making Champions League semi-finalists and Champions League mainstays so I think he's done he's done really well there considering you know they lost Timo Werner they didn't really replace him as such with a you know a lethal striker like he was so Taron I'd just like to get your thoughts on you know Julian Nagelsmann and his time at Leipzig obviously from your perspective you've watched a lot of the you know Prem uh, teams that have come up against Nagelsmann obviously in some he's had successes like the ones against Tottenham the ones against United when you knocked them out of the group stage but you know uh, you'd think that he has had a few uh, you know weird spells when he lost to United then you know didn't really have a great showing against Liverpool so I just want to get your perspective on that yeah Nogsman's always struck me as a, a really exciting young coach with a modern style of football I've always been a fan of him since Hoffman I'm getting them Champions League with I wouldn't say the most talented group of players that was obviously at the age of 29 years old that is incredibly impressive he's come to Leipzig the main thing that stood out for me is the way he's got some really exciting young players through for example one player that I'm a big fan of is Christopher Nkunku He's been amazing, especially with Timo Werner last year. I say this season he has dropped off a little bit, but last season the link-up was amazing. Up Meccano and things. He's raised the transfer value for all of these players as well. And yeah, for for me, he just seems like a really exciting coach. And for him to be a buy-in for the next five years, the things he can do with their players, he can bring in more youth. For example, we've always seen Musiala come in the season. We've seen Davis come. We can see more players. Omar Richards could be a key player under Nagelsmann. So for me, I wouldn't say... Liverpool game and Man United game are two games you should just say, you know, he's only 33 years old, a lack of experience at times. But yeah, I can't really fault much about him for such a young manager. Imagine when he's the same age as Jose Mourinho, when he's the same age as Pep Guardiola. He could be, you know, winning back-to-back-to-back Champions League titles. He has so much room to grow. And what he's done already, you know, being younger than the Bayern Munich captain says a lot. So yeah, for me, I'm I'm actually quite scared of, of Bayern Munich and the Nagelsmann, to be honest. That's how I'd kind of sum it up. Yes, it's, you know, exciting times, you know, next season is going to be, um, you know, a difference for me because I've never seen such a young coach at Bayern Munich before. But, you know, it's, you know, in keeping with the times, he he was probably, you know, Bayern's number one target and they got him. So, you know, I can't really complain there. Uh, Marius, I'd just like to touch on you about, you know, Nagelsmann's tactical profile. Obviously, we've seen them from, you know, when he was at Hoffenheim, you know, 2016 or well, 2015 to 16 season, I saw them struggle 
lot before Nagelsmann came in, and then obviously he propelled them out of the relegation zone, and then the next season he got, you know, he got top four. So I'd just like to touch on, you know, things that he's done in his career, like, you know, he's played the three at the back consistently, he obviously likes to counter-press, keep possession in the way that Bayern have always known to play. And he's always, you know, been that manager that has always played risky tactics in big games and sometimes it pays off. So I'd just like to, you know, get your tactical profile on Nagelsmann and what do you think we can expect from him? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to, to really um, to really look into the future, what to expect, because what was really obvious is, um, yeah, that he really adapts a lot to his squad. When you look at his time at Hoffenheim, yeah, they played some free-flowing football. They played um, offensive football. It was more like, yeah, we score. If you score three, we score four goals. And um, yeah, if you now look at Leipzig, it's the complete opposite of it. So there looks kind of, I think I tweeted it one or two weeks ago that I don't really enjoy watching Leipzig play at the moment because it looks quite mechanical. So um, they don't really do a lot of dribblings they don't do a lot of one versus one situations so it looks a lot of quite conservative but i don't think that it's Nagelsmann's fault it's more like he he knows that his squad is not capable of playing this um this uh, end-to-end stuff because his team is not um yeah he, he lacks this um yeah like like i said before he doesn't have a, a great striker who is lethal in front of the goal so um, he really likes to dominate the game and really does not play with that much risk that he played in Hoffenheim. Um, so, yeah, you see, if you compare Hoffenheim to Leipzig, it's like day and night. And I'm really, really excited how he will, he will coach Bayern Munich because it's a, a whole different team uh, like Leipzig. Um, Bayern Munich got a world-class striker. And Bayern Munich got a lot of pacey wingers um, that were also missing at Leipzig. I mean, Leipzig has some players like Sabitzer, Kampel. They are quite, um, let's say, they are fast, but they are not these players who, yeah, who can beat their man in a one versus one dribbling. So I think the fact that Leipzig was missing these players um, that hold Nagelsmann to not play this end-to-end stuff because he knew that he d- does not have these players who can decide a match. And obviously, in Bayern Munich, they have plenty of them. They have Knapri, Lewandowski, Komar, Kimmich. Mm. So he has a lot of players who can decide games and even in one versus one situations can create stuff on their own. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited how he will adapt to it. I think he will play much more offensive style than he used to in Leipzig because, yeah, he just got, uh, not saying better players, but, yeah, different players from these in Leipzig. Um, and yeah, obviously, I think um, we can expect um, a similar, st- similar style that, that Hansi Flick played with Bayern Munich. I don't think Nagelsmann will change everything around. Um, yeah, it will be interesting because I think Bayern Munich, um, when I did some analysis stuff in the last few months, I think Bayern Munich is the only team in Europe that really, really sticks to one formation. They yeah. they hardly play any other formation mm-hmm. than a four-three-three. They haven't done in the in the last three or four years. They always played a four-three-three formation with Lewandowski up up front. Um, and if you know Nagelsmann, you know that he likes to play with two strikers if you have them if he has them available. Um, so I'm not sure if he will really stick to this four-three-three like Bayern always does, or if mm-hmm. he re- really tries mm-hmm. to to yeah, to put them on the next level and, and be flexible with them because putting Bayern Munich onto the next level is really, 
yeah, it's really a thing that's hard to, to manage. I think Pep Guardiola did it in a great way when he arrived at Bayern Munich. I mean, uh, Munich won the treble before Pep Guardiola joined them and everyone talked about what can he do, what can he improve after, after Jupp Heynckes. Um, but even though Bayern did not win the Champions League with Pep Guardiola, he still managed to tactically, um, from the domination point of view, to, to put them on the next level. And I expect that is the, the, the big aim for, for Nagelsmann. I don't think he will be rated for how many titles he won. I mean, Bayern Munich won it all in the last year. So um, I think this will be not the only thing he will be judged on. So for me, he, he must be judged on how dominant his team will perform. And um, if you look at Bayern Munich this season, I think it was more like, for me, they did not win the Bundesliga. The other teams lost it, in my opinion. And if you watch the Bayern yeah. Munich games, there were so many games where they struggled, where they lost, where they threw. Mm. But yeah, their, their rivals could just not take profit of it. So for me, it was up for the taking for the other teams. And I think, yeah, Nagelsmann's big target next season should be to really be as dominant as possible and really win the league with let's say, 15 or 20 points um, in advance. And I think they're quite capable of it because um, there's just no real rival in the Bundesliga. Hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I completely agree with you more and more you said about um, Bayern. You know, they struggled a lot this season, especially me watching Bayern during um, October to January period. You know, we went behind for every uh, like every game for about eight games in a row. So, you know, it was a really struggle. It was a real struggle this season. And that was the point that Hansi mentioned to, you know, mentality. It all came down to mentality, which it did, you know, having to come behind like that every single game. Yeah, it was a struggle. So, yeah, um, completely agree with you about, you know, Bayern don't really change the way they play. You know, I haven't seen that as such, you know, a team like, for example, you know, playing the low block. I think the only time I saw that one time was when we played against Liverpool under Niko Kovac. But apart from that, you know, you had your Pinecurs, Pep Guardiola, you know, you had Carlo Ancelotti, all like to dominate possession. And same, same with um, Hansi Flick as well. So, you know, it'll be exciting to see what Nagelsmann will do, for example, in the big games as well. Would he change or would he, you know, suit the tactics to say, OK, we can, we're going to beat this team this way. So, yeah. And Taryn, I'd just like to uh, mention you one point. Um, you've seen the picture that I've sent you of, you know, what could, what Nagelsmann could play on the bind, obviously, the three centre-backs and then, you know, I saw Sane Penn on the right, wing-back, you know, and Davies on the left, and then obviously Kimmich Goretzka as a double pivot, and then Gnabry, Muller, Nemdowski sort of interchanging, interchanging. Do you think you can really expect to see that at Bayern, or do you think that they'll play the same way they did last season? Well, I think the main reason why... Uh, Nogsman chose his formation at Leipzig was because of personnel. I think Werner suited behind a target man where in a role where he has less defensive responsibilities, you know. I think he kind of built that team around Timo Werner where he had a left wing back to cover for him and then he had another centre back. So for me, I think it's going to be interesting to see if he's going to stick with that because Bayern could do very well with that formation, don't get me wrong. Lucas Hernandez could be a world-class uh, defender in a three at the back in my opinion he's i say he's almost a hybrid between a center back and a left back if you get what i mean mm. and obviously david meccano he's been a player who's been very very good for under nogsman in that system for a few years now conrad lima was a player who was very good in that system and you could say similar to conrad lima could kind of be leon goretzka kind of a a box-to-box -box player who likes to drift in but also is very quick and very solid defensively so for me it's going to be very interesting in the summer like i said what he's going to do because I think he could work either way 
Um, it could work either way. A three at the back could be very dangerous. But for me, with all this attacking talent on the pitch, I don't think you. I don't think Nogsman should consider a three at the back. I think mm. you should go with a four at the back with keeping a similar system, but also implementing is you know all outside of football, which I think could be very very good at, at, at Bayern Munich. But yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think it's a bit early to predict what you'll kind of do. But that formation yeah. you showed me was very interesting. The only criticism I have about that is kind of. It's similar to Hudson Odoi at Chelsea. You kind of have a forward player and right wing back, but yeah, yeah, it looks like a very, very good system in my opinion. With Lewandowski up front, it's just whether the Bayern players can adapt to Nagelsmann's tactics. And you know, you've been so good these last few seasons. What's the point of changing the tactics drastically? I think he should just build on what Hansi Flick's done at made it a sex super winning team and just add his own set, his own style of football to it. Yeah, yeah, completely agree with that, obviously. Yeah, it's, it's too early to predict these things, but, you know, looking at that formation, I was very excited, you know, people like Benjamin Pavard, obviously, you know, he said before that he likes to play centre-back more than he does on the right, yeah, so if yeah. you had, you know, Sula, Pavard, or, you know, them two rotating between each other, then Upa Meccano, and then, for example, you know, well, David Alaba would have been there, but obviously he's leaving the season, so it would have been Lucas Hernandez there. And this season, Lucas Hernandez has really been a warrior for Bayern Munich. You know, I'd say he's been our best defender. Uh, Maris, I'd just like to uh, touch on you about, you know, rotate rotation play. And, you know, this season or last season as well, we've seen that, you know, Bayern Munich as well, they've been a very rotation-based side. Obviously, we've seen David Alaba, you know, from when he was playing left-back, pushed into centre-back now. And recently, we've just seen him pushed into midfield. So all this rotation play, you know, Nagelsmann is so used to that, especially at Leipzig as well. You know, we've seen so much rotation in between, you know, the attackers as well. You know, Gnabry playing on the left and right, Sane the same, Coman the same. And, you know, Kimmich, you, you know, you can play right back, CDM, you know, all you've got all these players who are so versatile. Do you think that'll be to Nagelsmann's strength? Yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said before, it will be the question um, for Nagelsmann, the big, the big, um, yeah, the big challenge for him will be to, to find the right mixture because, um, yeah, like we all said before, Bayern Munich is, winning team already so he he doesn't need to change everything but of course he's a new coach he's a young coach a modern coach he wants to change something obviously because um, yeah he would just not want to play the same style they did before so it will be real challenge for him to to find the, the right tweaks but not too many um and as much as Bayern Munich is used to rotating i think um the big um, difference to leipzig is that Bayern Munich is really dependent on two or three players that Leipzig is not really. I think for Leipzig, they didn't care this season who is playing because they had their like 20 players who were rather on the same level, to be honest. I think if you look, if you look at their team sheet, it made no difference who was playing in midfield, who was playing in defense. They had like a lot of players on the same level. Um, with Bayern Munich, obviously, they have in general a higher quality, but they are dependent on Lewandowski, on Kimmich, and even on Manuel Neuer. So um, I think that this might be a bit of a challenge for Nagelsmann to really mix it around, but keep this core together. Because I think if we saw Bayern Munich without Lewandowski, without Kimmich, they even tend to struggle more. So um, I don't think he will, he will rotate that much because, um, yeah, like just as I said, the risk of, of, um, of getting problems with all this rotating is, is too high mm. for him, I think. Um, there are some players like like Hernandez, like like Davis, like Sané, Komar, who I really can imagine that they could play something like um, 
like Tuchel did with Hudson Odoi on the on the right uh, wing back. So something like that I could imagine. But um, yeah, I don't think he will experiment that much in the first few weeks or few months because um, yeah, he's just he does not need to do because um, yeah, he got a, a great mentality in the club and a great winning mentality, winning DNA. Um, will be interesting what he does with with Thomas Müller because um, yeah. Leipzig is not really used to play with a Müller type of player. Maybe um, Forsberg is the is the, the the nearest one, or Danny Olmo from his from their playing style. Um, he got Kramaric for for Hoffenheim, who was a similar type of player. You couldn't really you couldn't really touch him, so he was always um, always fading behind the striker and, and rotating a lot. So um, yeah, really exciting. How he will um, how he will use uh, Thomas Müller next season definitely. Yeah, obviously you know the, all all these questions you know are going to be answered. And obviously Thomas Müller, he he you know fantastic player. Obviously dropping between the uh, lines the uh, Raumdeuter, you know as, as he's known. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be uh, brilliant to see. And just another thing, do do you think we can expect to see a three at the back at um, Bayern? Because obviously, you know, I've only seen uh, Bayern ever play uh, the three at the back once, and that was last season. I think it came in the three-two win against Paderborn. But you know, but when I saw us, then you know, we were really shaky at the back, and obviously in a high line that wouldn't really work because you need the fullbacks to continuously come back. So, do you think we can ever expect to see a three at the back up, um, with Nagelsmann, you know, playing that system at Bayern? Uh, well, I can because I think with with especially Upamecano, they they got some perfect players for the system. I, I mean, if I imagine a, a back three with uh, Lucas Hernandez, um, with uh, Upamecano, um, maybe a third one, maybe Niansu um, is ready to yeah. to to step up next season. And then if I imagine with Alfonso Davis as a left wing back, and maybe. Uh, someone like Leroy Sané or, or even Coman as a right wing back, uh, of course, in a more advanced role. I think this could be a, a deadly, a deadly formation, especially against um, teams who are, who are um, yeah, not as good as Bayern Munich. So I, I can see them win a lot of games with a with a, a high margin next season. But um, yeah, like I said, it will be interesting to see how how quickly the Bayern players can adapt to this system because like I said they haven't played three at the back um, a lot they, they never changed the system on Hansi yeah. Flick so they're really used to this 4-3-3 formation um, to really have these pacey wingers to isolate them in a one versus one situation and then um, play the crosses to, to Lewandowski they play with a lot of crosses so um, that will be another change because Nagelsmann is not really um, known for for playing with a lot of crosses because um, yeah, a cross yeah. on paper does not have a high possibility to find uh, yeah, to find a man of your own team. So um, yeah, Bayern Munich played a lot with crosses, with Kimmich um, especially. So um, yeah, it will be interesting if Nagelsmann adapts to it and allows his players to, to, to yeah, continue um, doing a lot of crossing or if he really says, no, we, we want to work the ball into the box. Mm. Um, which obviously won't be the best for Lewandowski because he is deadly in the air. And I mean, he's, he's world-class all around, but I think he will miss four or five goals a season without these crosses. So, um, yeah, what they did too much with Kovac with the crossing, I think Flick found, found a good mixture of it. Um, yeah. So, yeah, interesting how, how Nagelsmann will build on that. 
Yeah, this it's going to be really interesting to see. Obviously, you know, tactics, tactically, I've seen Nagelsmann, you know, especially in interviews, you know, mention that you know he he has a big screen in the training ground. You know, he analyzes things so well, and you know, um, yeah, that you know that TV has to do a lot of work next season for Bayern as well. You know, tactically, you know, Nagelsmann is just fascinating to me, especially you know the way they played without Timo Werner this season. You know, it's not it's it's so hard replacing you know a striker like him. Obviously, they're getting Brian uh, Bobby um, next season, I believe. So you know, he could be a certain player like Timo Werner, but you know, this season with the rotation playing between the um, you know the three cams that they've got, you know, being Forsberg, Olmo, or uh, Sabitzer or maybe um, Nkunku. So, yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, moving a bit off topic here, Taron, obviously uh, there's been a lot to mention about uh, Bayern's, you know, the players, you know, big players like Lewandowski, Kimmich, you know, big personalities. And obviously Nagelsmann coming in, you know, he's going to have to deal with these, you know, big egos at the club. Not mentioned before because Hansi Flick, you know, he was really, a, he was really the player's friend in a way, you know, and he got that spot on much as so like your Pinecast did and that's why I think, you know, it's such a devastating loss for Bayern to lose, you know, Hansi because he had he had found the right, he had the right balance between, you know, ta tactically and also, you know, between the coach's friend. So do you think that Nagelsmann can handle these big egos or do you think, you know, he should have nothing to worry about? Well, first of all, I'd say that I think what Mario said earlier is really important that, you know, 30% of, of coaching is the tactics and 70% is kind yeah. of the the man management if you have the, the right players but you aren't getting the best out of them mentally you aren't i say really honest with them you can't tell them what you want then i don't think they're going to play as well as they can for example i'm going to use frank lampard as an example he was a very good man manager with the younger players in the team for example mason mount abraham and tamori but when it came to those big names like antonio rudiger who is such a crucial player in the dressing room and you know other big players aspila cuesta and if you get on the wrong side of them I think it's ultimately going to affect your job a lot in the long run with the team morale, team chemistry and stuff like that. But yeah, in terms of Nagelsmann, let's go back onto him now. It's going to be interesting because I think Manuel Neuer is going to really help him out as, as a captain. I don't think he's a captain who's going to really clash with the manager. He's going to almost be like an assistant. And I've seen Neuer as maybe a goalkeeper. We will go into coaching and, and management in the future. So that could be quite an interesting dynamic to see Flick and Neuer working together. But yeah, Lewandowski, I think, is going to be quite a hard player to manage for a younger a younger coach, such a big name in world football. If you aren't getting the right, the right of him, getting uh, speaking to him daily, then it could cause issues for your team as he's such a crucial goal scorer, as we've seen. The reason Bayern have gone out of the Champions League, I'd say, is partially on all their missed chances that Lewandowski couldn't score. But yeah, I think Nogsman has done it at Leipzig with big players like Makani, who is a young player, but he's a big a big name. Galazzi is, is also a big player. Um, loads of other big players. Timo Werner, who's a big name, he got the best out of him as well. So I would be concerned if it was maybe his first or second year in coaching, but he's been he's been around for four, was it four or five years in coaching now. So I think maybe it could be a little bit out of his depth at this time, but I think you can also be really hopeful for how much he achieved at Hoffenheim with a really experienced squad and how he's achieved at Leipzig. So yeah, I, I think he's an experienced manager in his own way. Just, age is just a number at the end of the day. And to be honest, I think he's going to be just fine. As long as, long as he has enough time in pre-season, obviously Euros are coming up. He can speak to the players individually, say that, you know, Hansi was a great coach, but I'm going to implement a really modern attacking style of football. We're all going to be as a unit. We're going to be fluid and really good defensively and also strong going forward. That's what I think can happen. But to be honest, if I was you, I'd have no doubts about Nagelsmann. I think 
he's not been a guy who's been, I say, known for his bad man as bad man management. He's always yeah. been very close to the players, as Marius mentioned as well earlier. So yeah, I think there could be potential issues, but I'd say maybe ten percent could be the chance of any serious issues. The main thing I'd be worried about as a Bayern fan is getting along with. Uh, Hamasic, I think is his name, the board member who yeah. tends to clash with some coaches. If he can get along with Cahuns, Rummenigge quite well, it's going to be interesting. I think that's the main concern. If he can get along with the board, there could be some kind of clashes as he is, as he is a young manager, maybe not getting all the players he wants at times due to his experience. But yeah, we've seen it with Hansi Flick. He won, was it, three trophies in his first season and he still didn't yeah. get the players he was backed for. So that could yeah, potentially yeah. be an issue. But with, in terms of man management, I think Nagelsmann is a main... Like, all these German coaches like Tuchel, Klopp, uh, Nagelsmann, you know, all these other big names have been very good known for their man management, their German style of management. So yeah, I think the main thing is the board issues. But yeah, don't be worried about that at all. Yeah, the only reason, you know, I had to bring you on that is because we've seen Bayern, you know, especially, you know, under Ancelotti, Nico Kovac, he had certain, you know, player problems, you know, like, for example, Ancelotti, he had problems with Robin Ribery, uh, Lewandowski as well, Thomas Muller, because he dropped him out of the side for, you know, majority of um, the 16-17 season, which was obviously a shock to me because Thomas Muller is such a good player and it is important to keep these players happy because, you know, for people like Thomas Muller, you know, they're the... They're, they they bleed Bayern Munich, you know. He he's such an embodiment of Bayern, as is you know, for example, someone like Manuel Neuer. And uh, I did hear the fact that Thomas Müller and Manuel Neuer were the ones that were most disappointed in Hansi leaving because you know he you know because of what he achieved and because of you know he was such a good player's friend and uh, sorry he was such a good coach's friend and you know he he really embodied that role of being being you know. F- so so good to players really and yeah and <clears throat> going on to a topic as well again uh marius i'd just like to get your uh viewpoints on this obviously nagelsman he has worked with a few bayern players obviously nico sula he was at hoffenheim before and you know he was a uh, one of the best center backs one of the best young center backs you know in, in the world at that point because he was playing so well that's why bayern snapped him up for about 20 5 million again same with Gnabry as well he was there for one season that we saw him predominantly play down the middle I remember there was a game where Bayern won 5-2 Hoffenheim went 2-0 up within 10 minutes and Gnabry played excellent that game so and obviously you know you got Upa Meccano so what do you think we can really expect from these players you know obviously we've had uh, rumours that apparently Nikos Suda you know they're still stalling on his contract but do you think that we can really see these guys you know excel to the point where you know Nagelsmann you know really showed them how to play really well yeah i think so um especially with sula um i say in my opinion sula didn't play a good season i think um, he he declined a bit in the last yeah. few months so i don't really think um he should play as a starting center back as it stands now next season but of course um, like you said he used to play with under nagelsmann and he developed um, to a world-class center back some years ago um, so I think he's one of the players um, I have on my list that could really um, improve um, under Julian Nagelsmann. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously, I think if you join a new club, it it always helps if there are players, um, if there are yeah some familiar players that you already know. But um, mm. in general, I think um, to to stick a bit to the point um, before, um, I think Nagelsmann' big advantage is that despite his young age. He has a big, big standing. I think everyone knows in Bayern Munich, in Germany, everyone knows that Nagelsmann is among 
let's say the two or three best coaches in Germany. I think if you have such yeah. a high standing and um, you automatically got the respect of your players, no matter what you do, I think if Nagelsmann is dropping Müller, it won't be that much of a problem like it was with Kovac. I mean, Kovac had yeah. also success with Frankfurt, but his standing was not that high. It was more like, okay, he had a good season with Frankfurt. They played some conservative football, but it was not like Kovac was in the talk of the best coaches in the world. And I mm. think if you look at Nagelsmann, he's one of the maybe 10 or 15 coaches in the world where you really think if you look at the team sheet, And you look at the coach, you expect a team to be good because of Nagelsmann. So he's one of a few coaches where it really is the, this, this is the case because you expect Leipzig, you expect Hoffenheim, you expect Bayern Munich to be good because of Nagelsmann because he's such a good coach and he has such a high standing. And I think the players, they know that. And I think you mentioned Knapri and you mentioned Süle. Um, I think they, they already told their teammates that because they worked under Nagelsmann and they, they told their, their teammates that Nagelsmann is a really, really good coach. So, um, yeah, I really expect that he got a lot of respect of the players um, because, yeah, he's, he's not a new face. Um, like Taron said, he's not new in the business. He's there for around four or five years already, which mm. is crazy if you think how young he still is. Um, so yeah, he he already left his mark, um, and so I guess he got a big, big respect in the in the in the squad. Yeah, one one hundred percent. I think you know it's gonna be you know interesting. You know, Nico Sula obviously he had that ACL injury um, two well actually no it was last season, and he was you know he was coming back to the Champions League running, and you know he played in the final. He played well in my opinion, but this season obviously you know with the decline of pace and stuff like that, you know there's a lot of factors that have come into play, and he hasn't played a very really good. You know he hasn't played that well this season I must agree with you on that one but obviously you know interesting with the likes of Gnabry you know as I said again as I mentioned Taron with the um, formation that I showed him obviously with the three at the back and then Davy Sane as a full backs then the two in the middle then obviously Muller Lemdowski and the Gnabry you know maybe rotating uh, in between the attack maybe going down the middle left right predominantly down the middle under Nagelsmann when I watched him play so yeah, it's going, to, it's going to be brilliant to see. And Maris, just um, you know, final discussion here about uh, Hansi Flick. How, how what was the reaction been in Germany? Because obviously Hansi Flick, he's you know he's, I mean he won the six two ball. And obviously if you don't get along with the board at Bayern, it can cost you. But do you think that Nagelsmann can get the same issues that Hansi did, or do you think that he'll be better off? Um, well, I think he will be better off because. Um... I think I said that some weeks ago on Twitter that I always felt that Hansi Flick, despite all the success he got, never really felt comfortable or in his comfort zone as a, mm. as a club coach because you always felt that um, he was not really enjoying being in the, in the spotlight every day and every, every night. So um, a bit the opposite of, of Jürgen Klopp, where you think he's really enjoying being in the spotlight every day. So mm. I can't imagine Jürgen Klopp as a national team coach because he's, he, he needs these emotions, these everyday emotions mm. with the club. And I think Hansi Flick, um, on the one hand, I think he, he really liked working with the players together every day to improve mm. them. I think this is a big the big thing that, that Hansi Flick will miss if, if he will uh, become Germany's national team coach because you can't really improve players as a national team coach. I think the influence is quite small. 
Um, he will miss that, but I think he will enjoy that he's not in this, um, yeah, in this position where he is really in the in the, yeah, in the spotlight every day. And uh, yeah, Nagelsmann is used to it. Um, I think his they are both quite different from their character. I think Flick is really a bit more introverted, um, a bit mm. silent. He's not the guy who likes to talk to the press too much. I think he is. He is quite um, bothered by these, by these, all these questions from the media. So he, in the end, he just wants to improve his players and, and coach them. I think um, if he could decide to 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 have press conference or not, he would say no. Just let me uh, coach my players, and it's all good. Yeah. I think Nagelsmann is a bit more, let's say, modern. I think um, mm. he's also quite um, a bit of mysterious. I think he just um, opened his Twitter account like some months ago, so he's not in the media that much. Um, but of course, he he knows how to talk. He knows how to how to um, yeah how to sell himself. I think as a coach, it's always important how to to how you represent yourself in the in the public. And I think Nagelsmann is really yeah one of a few young coaches who really um, have the complete package. Because yeah, if you watch him watch him talk at some um, conventions or in the press conference, he really really. Um, he knows what to say, and it's it's hardly that he puts any word wrong. And I think, um, yeah, if there is any fight between, let's say, Salihamidzic and Nagelsmann, I think um, that Nagelsmann is not really afraid to to stand his word because he knows that he's one of the best coaches in Germany at the moment or in, in Europe. So, um, yeah, I don't think there will be any problems because I think he's backed by by the board. He's backed by Rummenigge. Yeah. He's backed by even by Hernes, who still um, has something to say. So they have a lot of trust in him. Mm. And to be honest, um, I said that some months ago, I think it was the long-term plan by Bayern Munich to, 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 get, um, to get to hire Nagelsmann even four or five years yeah. ago when he first appeared on a big stage. I think it was already clear for them that it's just a matter of time until Nagelsmann really Bayern coach so it was I think everyone expected it to happen and now they are they are happy to to have it next season yeah yeah obviously you know he's um you know he, he grew up in a village near Munich <laughs> he's built a house there his family lived there so you know it would have been it would have been you know the perfect move for him obviously you know he's backed by the board which Hansi wasn't you know there was a power struggle in between you know how Hansi was backed and he wasn't you know I think the only people that were backing him were Karl Heinz Rummenigge and I think it was um, Oli Khan was in the middle, I think. So, yeah, no, but, but uh, kudos to him. You know, he, Nagelsmann needs to be fully backed. And uh, I think, I think the yeah, the long-term plan for Bayern was really to bring in Nagelsmann, obviously. You know, Hansi Flick on the other hand, like you mentioned before, you know, he was only brought in for, you know, a um, stopgap, really, a, you know, just a short-term solution. But, you know, he turned out to win the 6-2 I thought, you know, he could he could be our long-term manager. You know, Bayern not really used to having well since Omar Hitzfield not really used to having that manager that you know has been around for you know such a long time so yeah I can completely agree with you on that but anyway guys I'm gonna wrap this podcast up here so Marius how have you enjoyed the podcast today yeah of course I mean um, it's always nice to talk about football and especially if yeah Germany is in the, the Bundesliga is in the spotlight it's not happening every every day because uh, yeah, I think the Bundesliga is quite boring when it comes to who is yeah. the, the champion so yeah I think these these things like a coaching uh, change is always always good to talk about mm. 
Yeah, but what we we've seen Arteta now going to uh, Gladbach and Marco Rosa going to Dortmund. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of new faces at different clubs next season. It will be interesting. Exactly. So yeah, brilliant. And obviously, Marcus just before mentioned before, you know, he has quite the eye for the fashion as well. So that's one thing I have to say. And Taron, you know, how have you enjoyed the podcast? Obviously, I I understand that you know you're the host, but you know today I got the pleasure in you know, hosting this podcast. But how have you how have you sort of you know been on you know as the co-host of the podcast? You know, it's nice to just chill here and have a nice drink, chill, mm-hmm. have a nice tea. Let us sit back and listen to my I back Yarvin to do the coast at any time with any topic, but I know you're very passionate about Bayern Munich and German football. So yeah, you've been a very good co-host in the future. We'll see many more episodes where you can be the the main host as well. And in terms of Marius, it's been I think three months since we did that podcast about Thomas Tuchel and a little bit about Chelsea and other things like that. But yeah, I think Marius always a great discussion with Marius. Marius has great opinions, great tactical and also balanced opinions, very fair opinions on on all kinds of football. But yeah, it's always a pleasure to be on with with you, Arvin, and, and Marius as well. And hopefully we can do this again in three months again, you know, make this uh, every three yeah. months kind of uh, series with us three. But yeah, great, great fun to be on the podcast. And make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube, uh, the TPH podcast, uh, which is called The Perfect Attrick on YouTube. And yeah, yeah, um, follow Marius on Twitter and check out his his um, data visualiz- visualization on Twitter and check out Arvin's by Munich um Twitter as well, but it's all be in the description. But yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, b- brilliant to have you guys on. Obviously, Marius, you were here from you know day one, our first podcast. So you know you're the very special place for us. But anyway, guys, I'm gonna wrap things up here. Make sure to keep things perfect.